We're here to recap the four games from Monday in the NBA. Blatant tanking, big performances, with injury updates, waiver wire trends, and the one and only Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I was questionable to host this show with a badly swollen foot. But it didn't look like a foot to me. It looked closer to eight or nine inches. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanjul. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit Fanjul.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Okay, four games. We've got news, a lot of weird late injury updates we need to cover. Some uh, absolute masterful stuff from old mate Wes Unsailed as well. We're going to talk about all of that. We look at the stream of the day recaps. We're going to give out lines of the night. You know what we're doing. Let's, let's, let's do it. I don't know what we're waiting for. Waiting for that graphic. That's what we're waiting for. Um, all right. So let's just start with some news updates. Sometimes I don't have many news updates today. I do have a few things that did break since the last show. Jay Crowder, uh, groin surgery out at least eight weeks. We'll talk about the Bucks later on in this show, so we're not gonna, I'm not going to talk massive amounts about that here, but he is out. Steph Curry popped up as questionable with a knee injury. He suffered that uh, on a fall in the game on Sunday. If he is out, then where are we? Chris Paul will have to start, and that will help his value. And then you get more minutes for, hopefully, Brandon Pajemski, and a little bit more for Moses Moody, and then usage has to go to Clay, has to go to Wiggins, and probably has to go to Kaminga as well. Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, and Trey Jones are all questionable for the Spurs. I would watch to see what happens. Like, say Sohan and Keldon go out and Trey plays, Trey would start. But then I'd watch for someone like uh, a Chetty Osman, but also like a Julian Champagny, who's a very, very interesting prospect. Nick Batum was started last game. Might have been an ad for tomorrow. He's out for personal reasons. We hope everything's okay. This is the second personal thing that has come up for Batum since the trade. Embiid has also popped up on the injury report as questionable. Do we unleash our Paul Reeds? Well, obviously we do if Embiid is out. And then Jalen Duran was also updated to out with this consistent and persistent ankle problem that improves the value of Isaiah Stewart. It improves the value of um, uh, Marvin Bagley, of course, and probably hurts the value of Cade Cunningham, unfortunately for him. All right, let's... um, Let's look at some waiver wire trends now because that's, uh, that's what we do in this part of the show. Look at the most added players, the most dropped players over the last 24 hours. So we'll get into that. Now, the most added guys, a lot of these are pretty common sense ones. A lot of them were streams for Monday's action. And number one was Bilal Kulabali, who was up 27%. We highlighted him on every single show yesterday and said, yeah, look, he's a, at least a great stream for Monday. And let's see where it goes. We're upgrading that. Don't drop him. Let's hold. It's going to be up and down. There's going to be some usage and shooting problems, but the role is great. The defensive stats are strong. He should be, I won't say must, 
but I'll, I whisper it really soothingly into your ear. Must Rasta. There you go. So, yeah, Bilal. Probably won't have a look at that. Skylar Mays, the one who knocks. There he is, 27% up. Needs to be more. More. I don't know why I'm so fired up. Maybe it's because I've got this mustache rocking. Uh, Kevin Herter, up 22%. That's a stream for today with Fox back in. It's less likely to make sense as we move forward. Jaime Huckers up 20%. Now, I should be dropping the more sound on him, considering the uh, resemblance to Adam Driver. 20% up for Jaime. The two games across the weekend, one no Lowry, one no Butler. Not sure what he's going to do in these games. I'm skeptical, but it's okay to have a crack at that. Sammy Hauser, excellent stream for today. We talked about him last week. With the Celtics having a great quality game schedule this week, Hauser banging in four threes almost every single game. He did it again today. He's actually an unbelievably good stream for the quality game schedule they've got. And the other one is Bismack Biombo up 18%. Sure, should be rostered really most spots. Um, we don't know when Tillman is coming back, and Biombo is not going to play quite as much when Tillman returns, but he's still going to do some good stuff. In terms of the most dropped players... Number one was Marcus Sassy Sasser. He is down 26%. Yes, drop, 12s, done, out, see ya, bye. Grant Williams down 18, a very clear jack-off candidate and has been for a week or so. He can go in 10s and 12s, probably hold in 14s. Tari, second season. We all love him. We all want him to do well. We all want him to be nurtured. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. And I'm don't. Uh, when we talk about stashing, it's about looking at a guy and going, huh, I think something's going to change, whether it's shooting percentages or there is a very clear pathway, shout out to Keontae George, for this bloke to start really soon and the minutes to rise up. But with Eason, you look at it and go, where? How? Where does it come from? Does he take over from Jabari Smith? Like maybe 2% chance. Otherwise, it's going to take an injury to happen and stashing injured blokes in a standard fantasy basketball format, is just, or not injured, standard stashing bench reserves waiting for an injury ahead of them is like matchup suicide. The small benches don't allow that strategy. So it's not that I'm against Tari Eason as a player or a pickup or a usable guy. It's like, where, where do the minutes actually get there? How does he get there? And that's why I guess people are dropping. Finney Smith down 12%. There's still no Simmons, still no Thomas. Last game, there was foul trouble. I get it. But you didn't have to necessarily be dropped everywhere. Haywood Highsmith, just a, a terrible shooting game. He will start again, and he will play 26, 27 minutes. And he might find himself on the most added guys after tomorrow. I don't mind him as a 12. And then Obi Toppin, I'm not sure how he still keeps popping up as one of the most dropped players when he should have been dropped um, a very, very long time ago. Not sure what the uh, holdup was on that one for old Obit. Today's episode is brought to you by the legends... The absolute champions over at Ibotta. Big holidays mean big family get-togethers. But you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. And with Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all of your favorite sides for free. Right now, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and then upload the receipt. Other apps will give you points, but who cares? That doesn't really amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out straight to your bank account, into your PayPal, or on gift cards. And you can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands as well, like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. So download the Ibotta app 
And use the code LOCKED to get 10% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. We've already started. That, let's just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED, that is I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or the App Store and use the code LOCKED. We are... Yeah, we're going to head in. Let's go. Let's do recaps. Game one. We are here and we are ready to crack on for the recaps here. It is the Celtics smacking the Nets pretty um, pretty comfortably in the end. 114-98, but that did not stop Thomas Thibodeau. No, 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 no. A 16-point victory, which is a blowout, does not stop Thibodeau playing Josh Hart 43 minutes. 43. Now, Hart was getting 25 a night, 26 a night. So he just played him a million minutes because RJ Barrett was out. And he was good. 16 and 9, three threes. That's really strong. Barrett's dealing with a migraine, so it's not a long-term concern. We ride Hart when this happens, and then we drop him later on. Curiously, Emmanuel Quickly's role didn't change. And that actually, we did this on the live show today. I was trying to look at minutes and said, oh, the last time Barrett was out, Quickly's role didn't change. Same shit. 26 minutes, 7 and 6 with a 3 on the old 10% shooting. Quickly... If I'm in a 10-team league, I'm dropping him. The minutes upside requires an injury. There's inconsistency. It's not worth it. 12s, it's very borderline to me. The burner, Jalen Brunson, played 39 minutes. Of course, he did 26-3-4, while the double royal had 25-9-5. That's Julius Randle, if you're not aware. Now, he's still shooting disgracefully, 37%, but getting to the line 11 times and hitting nine of them is a real nice surprise to be sure. And of course, because it's not a leap year yet, he didn't have any defensive stats. Quentin Grimes played 28 minutes, 12 points in four threes. He is one of those guys that I just wish would go to a team where he'd actually be a featured part of a team, not just a starter who doesn't touch it, because I think he's really good. And yeah, the uh, Tom Thibodeau, my centers are never allowed to do anything situation continued. Mitchie Robinson, 5.5 usage. Isaiah Hartenstein, 6. To be fair, 6.4. It's just so hard to get value there. Mitchie had a block and he had two steals. He had two blocks and a steal. But it's just so hard with that low usage. For the Celtics, 39 minutes for Tatum, 35, 6, and 7. Probably a few too many there for Jace. 33 for Porzingis, 21 and 6 with a block. And Jalen Brown, 22, 5, and 6. Just more of the same from all of these guys. And Drew Holiday had 14, 7, and 2. Like, these guys are all sort of doing what we wanted. Porzingis is around 30. Tatum's around 12. Holiday's around 50. It's sort of around where we thought. Derek White. What we'll talk about the big sell high? What do we call it? You've got the buy low bump. What do we call the sell high? The sell high pants shit? Like, what is it? Because it's not been good since then. 146th over the last five games for White, 128th over the last two weeks, three points, 14%, triple one with four assists. That's great. And my concern with White always was he will get defensive stats. We are never questioning this. But will you ever get enough usage or ball handling? to actually mean more than being a defensive stats streamer. And the first couple of games, I looked like an idiot, right? But it has evened out to be probably more in line with what I expected. I talked earlier, Sammy Hauser, he's killing it. 12 points, four threes. This bloke's almost top 100 over the last two weeks. Really just from points and threes. He's shooting well. This is what he does. He plays 20 minutes and he bangs them in. Old Al Horford, uh, we don't hold Horford outside of streaming for schedule. And that was a good day for today. It obviously was dreadful because he had two points and a New York Knicks center usage at 6.8% with four rebounds. And is he on washed watch? I still haven't got a, a little fancy graphical stinger. I've got to come up with it because there's a few I can talk about today. But he is absolutely on washed watch at this point, old mate Albert Horford. 
let us go into, or let's look, let's look at the time because we've got stuff to say. It is the Washington Wizards. It is the Toronto Raptors. And the Wizards were flying. They were ready to go. They were cranking. And they were ready to hand the Raptors an embarrassing defeat. And then, and then Wes kicked into gear. And there are going to be people who watch this. And, you know, that's fine. You have, we have your opinions. We all have our opinions. They didn't tank, Josh. They were just bad. No, no they tanked. No, they, this was horrible. They scored one point in the final seven minutes. Players don't tank. Right? Coaches and organizations do. And I just think Ansel's been a bad coach from the beginning. He was hired. He's never improved at all. His rotations make no sense. He grasps at straws. There's no system, nothing ever. Nothing ever makes sense with anything he does. And this is, again, before you get upset, oh, what would you know? He's an NBA coach. I, oh, you're only saying it because of fantasy. I'm not, right? It's got nothing to do with fantasy teams or anything like that. The fact that they got cooked continually when they, would, they were up, and they just kept getting blown by into the paint, into the paint, into the paint. They took off a guy who was having an unbelievably good game and protects the room fantastically as their only player and played him zero minutes in the fourth quarter, Dan Gafford. And Wes is going to say, well, they went small. Mate, they went small with six foot nine point guards and um, you know, Chris Boucher at six foot ten or whatever he is playing center. That's not that small. Yes, they didn't play Pirtle, but you can still play Dan Gafford when you are getting repeatedly roasted in the paint. It, it's it's unfathomable. They benched Tyus Jones for like six minutes of the final quarter. He was on. They took him off. I, I don't understand what he was doing. I do, but also don't. Maybe he's not tanking. Maybe he's just a dreadful coach. And honestly, that's probably the favorite in the clubhouse, isn't it? He stinks. Now, there's no need for them to fire him. They don't need to eat the money because they don't need the wins. They are trying to lose. They are. That's their, that's their raison d'etre. But bloody hell, it's going to be frustrating. Let's talk Gafford. We put him under the lens yesterday and said, look, he's been putting up really good defensive numbers, really good rim protection numbers and rim deterrent numbers. Like he's just contesting everything. 14 and 9, 26 minutes, one steal, three blocks, 86%. He's still a top 50 player over the last five games. You cannot have him on a waiver wire. It's going to be frustrating. There are going to be weird games like the one before where he played 16 minutes. But it doesn't really matter. He's got to be rostered. Kuzma played 38 minutes and had 34 points with, honestly, just nothing else. He hit 4-3, so that's, that's good. But three rebounds, no steals, no blocks, bad from the line, but good 56% overall. And then we got some signs of life from Jordan Poole. And let's talk a little bit about Jordan Poole because yeah, I clearly read the situation wrong on Poole. I thought he would come in and looked at his numbers, played 30 minutes last season, got five free throw attempts per game, um, and had 29 usage coming off the bench on a Warriors team stacked. I thought, well, he's got to play more than 30 minutes. He's got to get more usage, surely. He's going to get to the line more because he's going to be orchestrating so much. And then he gets here and he just defers. He, he's passive. He doesn't get to the line ever. Yeah, he's at some point, he, he doesn't take anything seriously. He's a dickhead, clearly. But the way that it's being used is very bizarre. Now, pull again, some signs of life. It's still not good. You can't drop him, by the way. 14, 4, and 6, 3 steals and a block on 38%. That's not actually dreadful. It's not f awesome. It's not dreadful. But I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to turn around. Are they going to put the ball in his hands? Are they going to trade Tyus Jones and make him the full-time point guard? Are they going to start old mate Koulibaly and bring Jones off the bench? Which they should. But I don't know if they will. It's just a weird 
alignment of, of uh, minutes and touches. Now, Poole was getting benched quite often, and there was all these fourth quarter blowouts, and they're bumping the minutes back up, and that's encouraging. But it looks bad. It looks terrible. It looks like a colossal mistake and a misreading of a situation from me. I hope it recovers. Denny Avdia, 9, 8, and 6 in 30 minutes. He was getting a ton of shots, and then they sort of disappeared. He is a 12-team guy. And let's talk Bilal. 10 and 7 in 33 minutes for Koulibaly. Three assists, three steals, one block. I know someone is going to say, Josh, you keep pronouncing it wrong. It's actually Koulibaly. It's not. Uh, let me, it is not. It's not. It's not. And I know it sounds silly when everyone else says Koulibaly. It's not. I don't know why it bothers me. It's just not. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, 10 and 7, three steals and a block. Bilal needs to be rostered. Like I whispered to you before, you probably want to do it. He's still available everywhere. Hope you grabbed him before today. It's going to be up and down, but we talk about the path to minutes. We talk about where does it open up, Giggity. It's here. It's really obvious. They can bench any of these numbnuts. Tyus could be traded. Delon's out. The bench is full of garbage. It's easy for him to get minutes. The weird thing was, is he was a key, key draft pick for us in the later rounds. He was starting all of preseason. We loved it. And then to begin the season, the first two weeks, he was playing like 16 minutes. And I go, what are they doing? Oh, here we are. We're here. Add, do it. Ty Jones was better, but still not good. 10, 3, and 8 on 36%. He's been even more disastrous than Poole. Maybe when you say a disastrous to draft pick relationship, Poole has been worse, which I probably agree with. But Doc Jones isn't even putting up 12-team value. I do think we want to hold, but in a 10 or a 12-team points, we don't. We don't have to hold in those formats. Oh, that fucking team. All right. What's going on now with the Raptors? What's going on with my Toronto friends? What's going on with Pascal Siakam, who now has said, screw you, Scott, I'm taking the usage. 39% usage for Siakam, 21 for Barnes. And when I entered the season, I thought we'd be going 28 Siakam, and I thought we'd be going 23, 24 Barnes. And then it looks stupid. And now Siakam's getting it back. It is one to watch. 39-11-7 and seven with three steals for Pascal Shaquem. 63 from the field, 64 from the line on 14 attempts, which is a huge killer. And Barnes had still had 19-9-4 with five steals and 47%. But his shooting numbers have come down. His production has started to come down. And he's now, what, 21st over the last two weeks, which is still really, really good, obviously. But just uh, knocking the top off a bit from where it began. Like I said... Yesterday or the day before, not really sure why the Raptors invested $80 million, four years, and a first-round draft pick to get Yucca Pirtle and play him 24 minutes. Not, not really sure at all what, what, what the point of that was. And I wrote this, I think I wrote it on Basketball Monster. Maybe, I don't know, I don't know where I said it. I think it was Basketball Monster that I wrote it, where we talk a lot about how there is an abundance of more centers. And there were people telling me, pre-season, well, I think I'm going to reinstitute the two starting centers. Ridiculous, but oh, there's so many good centers. But I reckon we're seeing almost more small ball now. There are usable centers everywhere. But how often are we seeing like Mark Williams play like 25 minutes or Gafford play 18, even though there's no center on that roster or Pirtle playing 24 so that Precious Achua can do whatever the hell it is that he does. Or Kevon Looney playing 20 minutes and no other center on that team. So there might be more centers and more blocks going around the league. And there are, but I feel like we're getting more small ball happening. I don't know what happens with Pirtle here. This is confounding. He had five assists, which is part of the strength of him. He's a good passer. 13 and six, but no blocks. No usage, no minutes. It's frustrating. 
The Raptors got their dick out and played him 24 minutes today. Grady had eight points with two threes on 75%. That's because Trent and Ananobi were out. We don't need to um, do anything with dick unless it's on your own time. Well, Boucher had seven and six in 21 minutes and three blocks, and Achua had 10 and four in 19. That is screaming three-headed center, which I'm not interested in. Not not keen at all. Not adding Boucher, obviously. Not doing anything with Achua, but not good. Someone on the pregame showed up and said, Josh, Josh, hey, what do you think about Dennis Schroeder? Is he going to maintain his value? Is he going to fall off? And I went, oh, yeah, look what he's doing. There's a few things here that probably aren't going to stick. I would suggest he's probably not this level of a, th- of a two-point shooter, and some of these numbers will fall down. And then he had four points on 8% shooting. <laughs> what? Eight. No threes, no steals, no block. He's still got the assists. Eight. That one kicks it right in the uh, on the old urethra. That is a shocking game. We don't worry about it. It'll be fine. With OG out, they started Otto Porter, and of course, he played fewer minutes than he usually does. 14 minutes for five points there while Flynn played 23 and yeah, that's about it. Only five minutes for McDaniels, which is a little bit a little bit confusing. I think Jalen McDaniels sorry, is a relatively good player, but not really getting much crack at it in Toronto. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA season, we are in week four. So we are absolutely rolling along, tipping it off and draining nothing but net with the help of FanDuel. America's number one sports book. They didn't write that. I wrote that to try to put it in their voice. And I think it failed spectacularly. But that's okay because new customers can make up for listening to that terrible ad, ad read and get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. Hey, maybe you even want to chuck it on a live bet on the Wizards choking a lead in the fourth quarter because if you get 150 bucks if your team wins on that money line bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. And then they've got their parlays and their um, uh, same game same game parlays, their totals, their player props and spreads and futures. It's all there. All of the sides. You can do all that stuff. It's like Thanksgiving dinner over at FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and tip off the NBA season. FanDuel, of course, is an official partner of the NBA and the NFL. Are they NBA? I think they are. And don't forget, sorry, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the third game of the day when we want to talk inept. We're going to talk Chicago because they took on the Milwaukee Bucks and the Bucks win it 118-109, the final score. For the Bulls, Caruso was out again, second game in a row. Hopefully he's able to return and we can stream him in. But yeah, the minutes, he just can't sustain it, which is unfortunate. Don't tell me that Pat Williams is good. He's not, but this is a good game. 27 minutes for Patty, 13 points, three threes, two steals, three blocks. Absolutely an awesome performance. That now brings him to the 232nd ranked player this season. We don't add him, but we watch it. That's interesting. Vooch, 26, 12, and 5. Vooch has been like, good game, shit game, good game, shit game. He's been a little bit all over the place. In fact, some might say, I wish I can't hit it. I can't hit it, Gattuso. I wish I could, mate. You know what it is. What about Levine, though? What's going on with this bloke? 20 points, 39 minutes, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, which in, in, in essence looks okay. But he shot 26%. He went 8 of 8 from the line. I, I'm, I'm, what's the right term? I'm cautiously optimistic about the skater boy, Zach Levine, stepping it up and becoming better. I have not softened my stance on washed watch on DeMar DeRozan, though. 11, 4, and 7. The seven assists is nice. He shot 21 from the field. He got five of five from the line. He's not a top 50 player this season. He He's not he's not washed watch. He's not washed, totally washed. Jesus, those words are so hard. Why are they so hard to say? He's not totally washed. 
but he has definitely lost a step. And this inept organization, they've got no idea how to do anything. They don't know how to make trades. They don't know which free agents make sense on their team. They don't know when to pivot. They're slow on everything. So I don't know what they're going to do. They, he should be gone. They should have traded him. They should never have signed him, but they should have should never have traded him. Levine should be traded. Probably shouldn't have re-signed him either. They just they should definitely shouldn't have traded for Vooch. They shouldn't have picked Patrick Williams. What did they do? Good. They got Caruso. Good move. They got Lonzo. Great move. It's a pity. They're just putrid. Kobe White only twenty six minutes. He was benched down the stretch. I'm not not really sure why. Like I thought he was okay. Sixteen points, three threes, two steals. I'll take that for fantasy. That's strong. He was a plus one in a game where Dasumu was minus 13 in 26 minutes. And I continue to not understand for the life of me how anyone thinks that guy is a strong NBA starter or, or reserve guy. I just I just don't see it with him ever. Am I blind? Maybe. I, he's just someone I've just got a blind spot for. I, cannot, I don't get it. And playing him equivalent minutes to Kobe White is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, I firmly believe Kobe White is a 12-team league player. As I have all uh, all season, not much else going on there. Twelve boards for Tory Craig is, is interesting, but that's about it. Now for the um, for the Bucks, there's no Jay Crowder, so that means and part of the reason we were down on Bob Portis was that Crowder was going to take some power forward minutes. Well, he's not. So Portis is up 19 and 10, 25 minutes. Clockwork, easy. If Portis is on the wire, you add him. This is easy. He's going to have great value. Paddy Connaughton steps up as well. He was the sixth man here, 29 minutes, 6, 8, and 5. We only look at him in deeper leagues, but there's a bump happening. While Yanni had 35, 11, and 2, unfortunately no defensive stats. 59 from the field and 57 from the line is dreadful on 14 attempts. I'm not saying that Giannis is on washed watch because someone else on this team is, but he's also, there's just, there's just a little bit of zest that's missing from Giannis at the moment. I know he scored 54, but it's just something off. He's gone from being, this guy is the best player in the league, to he's probably a top Six or seven guy, yeah? That's sort of where he is at the moment. Middleton. Someone um, said, man, you panicked so early on Middleton. We're, we're in week four and he's still playing 19 minutes a night. Can I panic now? Can I be worried now about where this is going? Why is this taking so long? To not budge at all. 13-6-2 is still reasonable. It's still good. And it's still a 12-team guy and you do not drop him. But there's nothing changing. Why is it not ramping up? Brook Lopez, yeah. Oof. Wash, wash. Was he even the guy that I met who was on Washed, Washed, Watch before? Man, I'm going to title this show Washed, Watch. He wasn't, but he might be. 11 and 5 with three blocks. The blocks are good, but there was so much about what he did last season. They just had no hope of sticking this season. But it's been worse. And then Damian Lillard, what is going on with this guy? I know that it's not every game like this, and he's still been okay. But this was bad. 12 points, 18% shooting, 5 of 5 from the line is good. He's really been saved, though, by the free throws. Only 5 assists, no defensive stats. It's been bad. He, he looks like he just doesn't either not want to be there or he's just, something's just not quite clicking. Maybe, maybe this is the day, Monday, where we had the two worst coaches in the NBA both coaching. That's distinctly possible. In fact, likely. Malik Beasley, oh, he didn't even change his minutes, even with Crowder gone. Nine points, three threes in 21 minutes. So we just got a bump for Beauchamp, who played 20 and 29 there for Connaughton and more minutes for old mate um, Punch Bob. Only the 13 minutes for Andre Jackson as well. They're in, um, they won because they played the Bulls. 
They're in some strife, the old uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Now we have one game to go. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Sacramento Kings. Pretty comfortable victory this one in the end for the Kings, 132-120. It was a bigger margin than this for most of the fourth quarter. For the Cavs, they're still running that very, very tight rotation. Um, Max Struess, 34 minutes, 19 points, five threes, shot 58%. No free throws, but continues to just provide little bits and pieces of value. That's great. The rebounds and that have started to come down. He's still more points and threes, but there's good numbers nonetheless. Donovan Mitchell played 38 minutes, 22 points, five assists with four threes. Shot poorly, and he's dropped off from a top 10 start. And Evan Mobley had foul trouble. That's why he only played 30 minutes, 16 and 11. But that wasn't the case for Jarrett Allen. Allen played just 22 minutes, had 12 and 9. Now, we know there are some minutes restrictions after his ankle problem, but these minutes have gone backwards. So I, they got cooked. He was a minus 25. In the preseason, I was cautious on Allen. I dropped his projections down. I wasn't interested in him replicating what he did last season. I thought there was a genuine trade risk of him or a genuine risk of them playing more mobily at center and going smaller, which would marginalize his minutes. So while I'm not, like I'm a little surprised, I'm not massively, massively surprised on this. In saying all of that, it's a huge buy low. He's not a top 100 player at the moment. And he's not going to stay and play 22 minutes a night. It is going to rise. Now, again, when we always say buy low, buy low, sell high show coming tomorrow. But by the way, buy low, sell high show. That's right. Is coming tomorrow. I'm not talking about throwing a top 60 player for him. I'm talking about you go low. You worry if the guy is panicking. And if they're taking everything that I said to heart there about him being traded or being completely marginalized, which is not exactly what I said, but it's just a small bit off the top. But if someone wants to run and pick little bits and pieces out of things they might have seen or heard, you might be able to get a good deal on it. Garland continues to be somewhat underwhelming. He's also a little bit of a buy low. 16, 3, and 6 for Garlo. But I think Karis Levert's must roster. 21 points, 28 minutes. Didn't have much to go along with that, but was good from both percentages. He's much improved this season. On to the Kings. Darren Fox returned. 36 minutes, 28, 2, and 6. Just a rough night from the line, but everything else was good. And speaking of rough nights from the line, DeMontis Sabonis. We talked about him in the buy low, sell high last week and said there were certain things that were going to turn around, and they have. One of them was the free throw percentage we thought might improve a little bit, but it hasn't. We knew he was a punt free throw target, but it's been worse. But the good thing is the other stuff has come around. 23, 9, and 10, 80% shooting, but 55 from the line. He had two blocks as well. Well, Keegan Murray's on a hot streak. Now, he was bad to start the season. He's had two real red-hot shooting nights. 25 points on 69% with five threes and eight rebounds. is clearly not sustainable shooting-wise, but he was always going to be better than what he showed early on. What I am really encouraged with is that Malik Monk played 26 minutes and had 13, 5, and 4, a steal and a block, and looks to be close enough to a 12-team guy. While Fanta Pants played well, 20 points in six with six threes. I think he had 14 points in the third quarter, but then he had some foul trouble, and that limited him. He did shoot 64%, and I'm still not convinced he's anything more than a streamer, but we all know that Harrison Barnes is exactly that. 22 minutes, 4 points, 5 rebounds. They went away from him. They brought uh, Vazenkov back into the rotation. 11 points and three threes in 17 minutes, and the bench was a mess. Starting legend, um, unnamed player, Keon Alice had two points in 12 minutes, so he's still ahead of uh, Davion Mitchell, who was a DNP, which is uh, horrendous for a top 10 pick from a couple of years ago. Chris Duarte played just nine minutes, while Alex Len sprained his ankle early, so that meant JaVale McGee was back in the lineup. Both of those guys won't really play much, I don't think, when Trey Lyles does eventually return. But it was just good to have Fox back, good to see that Keon Alice over Mitchell thing for those in D. Deeper leagues, so we're aware of the um, 
aware of the direction in which they are in which they are heading or which they're, they're looking at those rotations. So that is the four games done. Let's go through and have a bit of a, a bit of a recap. A bit of a recap of the um, what do you call them? The stream of the day. That's it. So let's look how we went. M- mostly a success. Ten team stream was Kobe White, sixteen points, three rebounds, one assist, and two steals. That works. The twelve team category stream was a dud. Al Horford, two points and four rebounds. The twelve team point stream was excellent. Josh Hart with thirty two fantasy points, thirty two point three to be precise. The fourteen team stream of the day was Bilal Kulabali who had 10 and 7, 3 assists, 3 steals, and a block. It's a massive W for a 14-teamer. And the 16-teamer was a W as well. The big sneeze, Precious Achua. 10, 4, and 1 with a steal and 0 blocks. So overall, apart from Al Horford, which was a dud, the rest of those worked out um, worked out pretty well, I would say. So uh, happy with how that, uh, how that ended up. Now it's time for us to crown the monstrous line of the night. There are a couple of contenders for this, but in the end, we do go to Boston. And we do go to Derek. No, we go to Jason Tatum. 35 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists for Tatum. Big minutes, big production. Great. The waiver wire line of the night, the best performance from a player who was or is rostered in 50% or fewer leagues. And we are heading to the legendary franchise, the Chicago Bulls. Pat Williams had 13 points. He hit three threes. He had two steals. And he had three blocks, while the young gun of the night is the best player who is in their first or second league in the NBA. I thought we were going to get back-to-backs here for Bilal Kulabali, but we didn't because Keegan Murray exists. And Murray had 25 points with eight rebounds and shot 69% from the field. And tying in with the, the theme from earlier, when someone likes to ask a question about our regression and someone falling off, um, the dud of the night goes to Dennis Schroeder, who had four points, he had three rebounds, and shot 8%. That's the second single-digit shooting night in the last two days, I think. I think Jalen Green had 7% yesterday. You don't see single digits very often, but uh, there we are. Dennis Schroeder, your dud of the night. Let's go through the top six players now um, in various situations, the way that we always do it. So the top six players in category leagues for today, number one was Tatum, very, very close behind was Pascal Siakam. Then it was fourth quarter legend, locker room legend, Daniel Gafford, Keegan Murray four, Sabonis five, and Nikola Vucevic comes in at uh, number six. Your top, what do we call it? Your top uh, six players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Number one was Pat Williams. Not going to worry about that in 12s. Chris Boucher, similarly. Josh Hart, yes. As long as Barrett is out, then it becomes iffy. Pat Connaughton, no. Kulabali, yes. I'm not going to whisper it again, but yes, we add Kulabali. We added him yesterday, I hope. And the last one is Sammy Hauser, an elite streamer for threes. Absolutely one of the best in the business. B-I-T-B. Let's look at the top points performers from today's games. And number one was Siakam, followed by Vucevic, Tatum, Sabonis, old mate Scotland Barnes, and the big fella in Milwaukee, Yanni Antetokounmpo. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.